0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the thoroughly thrilling thinking edition of the Kingdom of God podcast. I almost forgot what it was called for a moment there. Anyway, um, thanks for being here. Uh, I am in, like, ridiculously good spirits today, Um, kind of unusual considering the news that I broke to all of you yesterday, but I have had a chance to reconsider um, everything that's taking place right now, and... It really, really is. Like, the more I think about it, the more favorable it is. And so, uh, that's really the topic of the show today. Um, Not a whole lot of news, um, except that there was no news today, and that's good. So, uh, I haven't even been served with the official, like, letter (laughs) um, of the Notice of Intent to Defend. I got the email saying that one had been mailed to me, but uh, I haven't received the hard copy yet. So, and that's only the Notice of Intent to Defend, and that means we only have one more day to go. It really does. Uh, So, I haven't mentioned that on my blog. I'm kind of implying on my blog that, uh, you know, I I just keep saying now she has an additional 10 days, so I'm not, like, saying when that 10 days expires, and so I'm kind of alluding to this potentiality that I might think she has until the 22nd. Uh, because she filed the Notice of Intent to Defend on the 12th. But uh, I I just double-checked with the Rules of Civil Procedure, and no, it's 100%. It's uh, only an an additional 10 days upon the original 20. And it's supposed to be filed, because it's, like, literally, it's one sentence that you have to write. Uh, You know, the defendants intend to defend this claim. That's all you have to write. One line. So it's a very easy filing. It's supposed to be done in the first 20 days to give you an extra 10 days. So she was already late putting it on the record. That doesn't give her additional time. Anyway, um, I didn't mean to get into so much uh, in the intro. Uh, I just want to thank you for being here, Um, let you know I'm in great spirits, and uh, I think I've got a good show for you. Um, And we've got a beautiful day today too, so hopefully some decent ambiance out here. It's kind of a quiet evening, which is sort of nice. Sometimes you can hear the traffic and people laughing and stuff. And tonight it's got a very nice chill vibe, so. Uh, I think it's going to be a good show. It's going to be a a little more uplifting, I think, than uh, maybe some of the last ones. But, um, yeah, thanks for being here, and I'll be back in a moment. (music) Alright, people, so let's get back into it. So, um, like I said, I've had some more time to consider what's going on, and I am... I am, like, 99.9% sure that this uh, Stephen Perdue character is 100% involved. Um, I believe he's the inside man that Genevieve has at the registrar's office. And, uh, I mean, I, I could be wrong. Like, he could just be as confused as I am and not know what's going on. But the reason I believe that's not the case is because of the way that he responded to the affidavit of service. Like, you kind of had to be there, but there was like, as I said, there's always a couple of people in the lobby, or you know, waiting to do you know, and there's there's always this one lady there that's like, has, a whole cart worth of documents that she's like, photocopying or something by the printer, she's always there, um, and uh, yeah, I don't know when when, he said to me that there was an error with your affidavit. I'm like, what are you talking about an error? I said, how can there be an error, and how can something becoming... How how can things that I'm filing with you be unfiled when I come back? And, uh, you know, and I I just kind of, like, turned away from the desk for a minute, like, in exasperation, basically, you know how people do that. <laughs> I did. I had to, like, look away from them, and I just kind of looked at the ceiling and kind of got my bearings, but when I did that, the the lady that usually does all the copies or whatever, she was just, like, looking over at me, like... Uh oh, (laughs) like, you know, like what the F is going on? Like, everybody knows that you don't go to the registrar to file your documents only to come back to the court and find that they're not filed. That's the whole point of the registrar's desk. Like, the online portal, maybe, okay, you could file something and then you've got to wait for it to be checked by a registrar and maybe they're going to come back and say, no, you need this or no, you need that or whatever. Right, so there could be a delay in the online portal, um, or documents that are being filed online, you know, by other means. But when you're filing s- exclusively with the registrar, that's the whole point: is you go to that clerk desk to make sure that you've got all of your eyes dotted and your Ts crossed, everything's good. When you leave there, the only way that there should ever be any change to your case file is if the opponents or respondents to your claim oppose something that you've done. And in order to oppose something that you've done, they have to motion to the court that, no, you didn't do this, or no, you didn't do that. The registrar does not have the right to arbitrarily go back into my case file and start reviewing documents and, and flagging them because he doesn't like them all of a sudden. Okay? So even if his... Mistake was genuine and like legitimately an error uh that's his fault it's not mine, and so he would have to like let me know maybe that hey, you know what I made a mistake. I put this affidavit on, and you know i'm I'm sure it's accurate, but you know what i I need the proof of service um on the service employees or whatever for the email, and he should be contacting me right away so that I'm aware of what's going on with my file, because if I'm trusting that things are filed and they become unfiled, well, then I'm in the dark about something, and you're never ever supposed to be in the dark. So, the reason I'm telling you all of this stuff is because I'm like you, Uh, not a lawyer or probably (laughs) I I guess I don't know what you are you might be a lawyer (laughs) Uh, but I'm not and the point of this is actually to help people who are not lawyers just kind of navigate the system I'm doing it the same way I believe any other common man would you just do your research you go to the Justice of Canada website you look up the forms you file and you know whatever you you work your way through the process Um, and I'm trying to do that as as competently as I can, I'm trying to comply with their rules and everything else as much as I can. Um, and the truth is, you know what? I I, I can't lie. I'm I actually kind of have fun doing it. Um, <clears throat> not like I don't know, not fun, fun, but um, I don't know how to describe it. But like, I do like the sense of satisfaction I guess that I get once I have done everything, and I know that they are completely complicit with all of the rules of civil procedure and what they would be expecting from a lawyer, Um, I kind of like the way that makes me feel when I go to the registrar's desk, because the treatment, I'm, yeah, it's like night and day compared to, like, the last claim that I filed, so, um, you know, I haven't had anybody treat me, well, I didn't have people treat me weird last time either, but it was just like... Yeah, I don't know. It wasn't like they they didn't... I've never had problems getting stuff done at the courthouse, so it's not like they were uh, trying to discredit me or anything like that, but I just wasn't being treated with the same level of respect. That's that's all, I guess, I'm saying, is that, you know, when I go in there now and I present these documents... um, there's no apprehension at all, like you can tell that this is just like business as usual for them they're just you know <laughs> um, so it's a very nice feeling, and um, i'm actually kind of enjoying getting better at doing it i I actually want to kind of familiarize myself with the process so that this does get to be second nature just in like you know obviously i don't want to be spending the rest of my life in court fighting stuff like this um, that's part of why i'm excited i 'm going to get to that in a minute too. Um, but if I do have to file more suits, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to do that with the beer store, I haven't even, like, gotten back to them yet, um, so I haven't heard from them. I'm going to let that go for a bit, but, uh, you know, the whole claim is going to stand. I'm just going to be like, look, dude, you've had lots of time, you know, and, uh, you are ruining my summer because you haven't gotten back to me with a guarantee, and, I'm going to tell them, like, I've got a big matter in court right now with the City of Ottawa, and that's the only reason that I'm not filing a statement of claim against you right now or publishing anything on my blog, but do not mistake me, I absolutely 100% will once I get this matter that's in court resolved, and I don't know how long that's going to take. It could be a year, it could be two years, it has to be less than five, but I am going to continue to charge you $100 a day for as long as it takes for you to provide a guarantee or until the mask mandate is over, one of the two. So... I'm not going to allow you to discriminate against me, you know, da 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 (laughs) But I haven't done that yet. Um, And it's just because I got too much on my plate. I I may do that Monday once I have the city officially noted in default again. Um, I also have, uh, there's a guy who comes here every month, every month, every week, um, and he just kind of like organizes uh, the garbage bins at the end of the driveway for all of the residents that live here. Um, So he does maintenance for, like, a bunch of properties and stuff, and he's, uh, he ended up burning into me, I don't know, we get along really good, because I guess he knew the last tenants here, and I guess they weren't, like, ideal tenants, um, and he just used to tell me that it was, like, always just a disaster, this, this area where I have my patio, and, uh, so he's always like, man, it looks so nice back here, you've got this little zen area, and, man... it it is like don't get me wrong compared to last year this is a really nice comfy that's why I like doing my podcast out here but um it's nowhere what I would like it to be I've done minimal 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 I've got like two garden beds that I made um and I've got a nice little glass patio table and I have three chairs now and it's all just like you know yeah that's about it (laughs) um so it looks a lot nicer than it did but it's still got a long way to go I'd love to have everything planted back here, and I've got nothing growing right now. Well, that's not true. I've got one pep- four pepper plants in one pot, um, and I love peppers. So I'm, and they look like they're doing pretty good. So and oh, and I have a pot plant, <laughs> um, and the only reason I mention that is because usually when I grow pot plants, they just don't do very well. But this one is doing awesome. It's about I don't know three feet tall right now. Um, so uh, I don't know. I'm I'm going to bring that out in the fall when it's time for it to. Uh, flower and all that jazz uh it's inside right now but it's doing phenomenal anyway um i didn't really mean to get off on that tangent but this guy comes by and does the garbage all the time and i was sitting out here in my painting jeans and uh yeah he asked me to go and help him paint a house one day and now it's kind of like a regular gig when he has stuff to do so um he left a note on my door today or yesterday i can't remember uh but yeah, he needs me on Monday. No coincidences. Uh, and it's usually always like seven thirty, eight 8 o'clock in the morning, so... Um, I may not actually be able to get to the courthouse first thing in the morning, and I don't care. <laughs> um, I'm in so much better a mood regarding all of this stuff, because... You know, yesterday I was obviously really frustrated. Um, I felt better after doing the call, so thank you, because you do help me maintain my sanity as well. Um, But really, what hit me this morning, I guess, is just that, like, I don't, like, the worst-case scenario for me is they're going to present a statement of defense. You know? And truth be told, (laughs) um... I do kind of want to see it, and so this is why I'm hoping that I can get them noted in default without them even knowing, like they did to me, and and if I am able to do that, then I may still receive the statement of defense just to see what they come up with, because I'm very curious about that. But I'm not curious enough to not note them in default on Monday if I'm able to. So I am still going to go to the courthouse, but it'll be likely in the afternoon. I wanted to go first thing in the morning, but it was also Mike that was working on the desk last Monday, and I have a feeling that's kind of how it goes, like, justices always sit in the same courts on the same day, Um, and I have a feeling that the registrars probably have certain days of the week that they work, because it always seems to be Stephen went in there on a Wednesday, and it always, well, I've only been once on a Monday, but it was Mike on a Monday, so I'm hoping it's going to be Mike again, um, because he was the one that took my filing and noted them in default and then i'm going to draw his attention to what's going on on the system and once i started reflecting on all of that he like i'm pretty sure because he's such a senior staff member he's going to recognize that that is just that you know and i think he's going to know that uh somebody literally you know helped help defense get something on the record after the fact and that should never ever happen he'll be able to confirm for me as well if uh, the delay through the online portal is substantial enough that it would be able to negate my claim if she'd filed it through the online portal before I'd, you know, filed it with him, or if uh, the timestamp, you know, and that's the other thing. Uh, So, if she filed through the online portal and it showed that her online filing was like at 10.40.09, as Mike or Steve is telling me it is, then I'm going to say to him, like, should that not have shown up by 3 o'clock in the afternoon? I mean, like, I know there might be a bit of a delay, but really, five hours through the online portal, and if I go to the registrar's desk, and defense has entered materials through the online portal in the morning, I'm not going to know of it in the afternoon when I go to the registrar's desk? That doesn't seem right to me. So, um... I believe that what happened is, well, I discussed this the other day, in fact, I know that's what happened, is, uh, someone, I just don't know that it was Steve, went in, flagged my affidavit, um, and that was the reason for him to invalidate, uh, the Notice of Default. Oh, yeah, well, you know what, the affidavit's no good, so now we can take you out of default, and, uh, you can file your Statement of Claim in. So I believe that was done. Um, what else did I want to say? Hmm. Well, just... <laughs> it's it's fraud and it's perjury now. And... Oh, yeah, and I'm also going to take um, a receipt of my email of service. So when I go to see Mike on Monday... Um, I'm going to get him to look into the system. I'm going to show him the record that Stephen showed me with the times on it, 10-40-09 and 10:40:15, and I'm going to make sure that those that the same thing is showing up on the system when he's there, and he's immediately going to know that that's not true because he he was the one who took my documents on the Monday afternoon, so he knows that I was there in the afternoon, and if I show him the affidavit confirming that they could not have possibly served me at 1040 in the morning because the email didn't come until 1240 that they entered that fraudulently and committed perjury in their affidavit Um, I believe he may strike that from the record for me Um, and I believe he actually has a duty to do that so I I'm not you know expecting them to do me any favors I don't want you to think that but that's the difference I think between Stephen and Mike is that Stephen is doing favors for Genevieve, and not for me, and if I went back and told Steve, oh yeah, well, this is the uh, service, and you're saying it was filed at 1040, so obviously that's fraudulent, can you strike it? He would probably tell me that I would have to motion to the court to do that. So he's making one set of rules for one side, but not for the other. Um, But I believe that Mike will just do it. He'll just be like, yep, yep, that's invalid, (laughs) And, and maybe strike it from the record. Um, but again, I think he would give her notice. Um, I think he has a duty to do that, but um, again, the courts have the power to exercise whatever they feel is necessary when someone is violating the rules or whatever, so he may just determine to strike it and not tell her um, or he may not be able to do anything I don't know um, and even if he's not, um, like it doesn't really matter to me if it doesn't if, if it gets stricken or not, because uh, I believe that she foolishly thinks she has until the 22nd, so she's not going to produce a statement of defense, I don't think, until next Thursday, a week today. So that's my prediction, we'll see if I'm right about that. And if I am, then that means that when I note her in default on Monday, she's going to be completely blindsided by it, and it will really be over. Um, Because no way she's going to get a statement of defense, you know, put together in like 20 minutes it just isn't going to happen so she's going to be S O L there's not going to be any more changing in the system or any of that and I'm going to ask Mike to put a special like notice on the file saying you know just a warning that somebody has been tampering with the times Uh, none of these filings are to be removed Um, you know I don't know something (laughs) something to make sure that I you know once they're noted in default but they cannot get out of default without filing a freaking motion so um, alright. So that's, that's, uh, that's the inspirational side of things, I suppose, because, uh, yeah. I, you know, it just sort of dawned on me that, you know, whether or not things go the way that I want them to on Monday, even if they didn't, and even if she was to serve me, um, a statement of defense, say, tomorrow, um, before the end of the day, or Sunday, like, I doubt she'll be working on the weekend, but maybe, um, maybe I've got her so backed up that she's going to need to be, and, you know, maybe she, like, she knows that the deadline is Sunday midnight, and maybe she'll actually send it to me Sunday, um, and if she does, hey, that's good news for me, too, because then I don't have to worry about noting her in default and whatever else, um, then we know that we're going to go to court and we're going to have all sorts of opportunities to motion to the judge or justice. And, uh, yeah, uh, as soon as she prepares her statement of defense, um, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to stay within the rules, but I am going to let her know because you do have to, uh, like, before you do a booking for a motion, you have to make sure because you're not allowed to do a motion without the consent prior consent of all parties. So uh, I would have to call her and book with her, and ask her when she's available for a motions hearing, um, and then, uh, tell her that I want to book a motion with the court of, you know, whatever, to, uh, to have her removed as counsel. <laughs> and, uh, she can, you know, I said, I don't think you're going to be in, you know, you're, you're probably going to be opposed to that motion, but, uh, I would like to have you removed from counsel, and have new counsel appointed, um because you've just committed so many crimes and you've been such a dishonorable, uh, you know, individual. I can't trust anything that you say. I don't believe that you're actually trying to provide a statement of defense for your clients. I think you're harming them and, uh, you're basically abusing the judicial process. (laughs) Exactly what she was accusing me of. Um, But I don't know. I'll I'll look into what kind of motions I can do, and even if I didn't do a motion, um, you know, there's no way that I won't ever get a chance to explain all of these things and show them and whatever. So, one way or another, she is going to be charged with perjury and fraud, and those are criminal offenses. Um, especially for a lawyer. I think it's even worse for a lawyer when they do it. So um, I think you get disbarred. I I think you get disbarred. I don't know. But I think you should if you don't. Um, But uh, either way. Um, All right, so that's the first part of it. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break, reorganize my thoughts, and I'll come back in just a bit. Stay right there. Alright, people, I'm back. So, the other thing I guess I wanted to uh, touch on that made me feel a little bit more inspired today is that, now again, I I might be reading a little bit too much into this. I might be getting too excited about nothing. Um, but, you know, uh, today I actually listened to my podcast... Uh, that I published on the day that I found out that, uh, the day that the court responded to me, um, and told me that, no, 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 she's going to have to file her, whatever, in accordance with the rules of civil procedure. I listened to that podcast again, and it just made me realize, like, how happy I was that it wasn't dismissed as frivolous and vexatious. Like, that was big for me. You know, because... Like, I, I I wouldn't know what to do if they had decided that it was. Like, I don't think I can put together a better claim than I did. Um, you know, like, yeah, I just don't. Um, and if I can't find a court that will hear violations on UN covenant rights... You know, then I'm SOL, and, well, not really, I don't know. I would probably try again still anyway. I definitely would. I would try something out. But, you know, it would be very disheartening because I would begin to lose more and more confidence in the ability for any lawsuit. I would just presume that no lawsuit, regardless how much time and energy I put into it, is ever going to be taken seriously. And I would believe that that was just some kind of, you know, stereotype or prejudice that they have against... You know, either people of low income or, you know, <laughs> people who are a little eccentric. Uh, um, or, you know, I'm sure they probably think I'm mentally challenged. Um, but just like people who have, uh, I'm going to say, eccentric ideas. Um, and when I say that I'm sure they think I'm crazy, I, I don't believe that the courts do. <laughs> I want to be clear about that. Um, I believe my opponents probably do. Um, And I probably, you know, I think that a lot of people at Ontario Works probably do and housing services. You know, that's obviously why they think it's okay to just call me whatever they want and threaten to, you know, threaten me with economic harm if I don't agree. So, um, that was just like such a huge gift, okay? And I was so sure that they would communicate that to Genevieve as well, that that is, in fact, the reason that I didn't reach out to her. Because if they had never contacted me back, like, if they hadn't messaged me, if the courts hadn't responded to me and not her, um, I would have been in the same boat. Like, I would have thought we were still both waiting, (laughs) you know. And I'd kind of be well, I don't want to say at her mercy, but she would try to make it look that way. Um, And she would be putting me in a very difficult situation because I wouldn't know that the courts had no intention of responding to her because she wasn't following the rules of civil procedure. I would just, you know, if they hadn't responded still at the end of 20 days and she's saying, hey, do you mind asking me for, or giving me a couple more days because we still haven't heard back from the court. um, At that point... You know, I would be saying to her, well, you know, I don't think you're going to if you haven't heard by now. And I probably would have taken very much the same attitude and just, like, noted her in default. But um, the fact that they did communicate that to me, and I didn't find out until, like, the day of filing her and noting her in default, that was huge. Like, that's not just yeah, we don't think this is frivolous and vexatious. This is, uh yeah, and she shouldn't be violating the rules. And, uh, yeah, you go ahead and note her in default if she doesn't respond within the 30 days. Or, and they were, like, basically giving me a, a jump start. You know, that it, they're the reason that she's behind the black ball right now, or behind the eight ball right now, and, you know, praying that she's going to be able to get some kind of statement of defense together in the next, you know, 24 hours pretty much right now. 24 hours and 22 minutes. Um, so that's that's how long she has. Well, no, I guess she has until Sunday. <laughs> I keep forgetting because um, she could technically serve me on a Sunday. Um, I hope she doesn't, uh, but only because I think that's in bad taste. Um, you know, I might not be Christian, but... I still think Sundays are a nice day to just, like, enjoy and forget about life, and, you know, you got to have one day where you just sort of set everything aside and don't do any business, and so I kind of like to honor that on Sunday, so it would be, I don't know, I just think it would be in bad taste to get, you know, anything served on a Sunday, but I do understand it's her last day, so, like, whatever. Um... But I am going to say for the record, I guess I did already that my my presumption is that she, yeah she she's so arrogant and so full of herself that I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, I think she's just going to wait right until Thursday. and uh, the interesting thing about that is that I did publish it on my blog, and I talked on my blog and on this podcast about how that would have been very bad news for them on a Friday. Great news for me, but bad news for them, because now they got to prepare a statement of defense. <clears throat> and I talked about how I thought that's what they were going to be doing next, and that I expected to hear from Gen Janviev soon, and I never did. I published the letter on my blog, and, you know, I realized that, like, every time I start something like this, the statistics on my blog go way up. Like, you know, and I'm sure that you can understand why. Um, But I always presume that at least one of those individuals that's checking out my blog every day and what I'm writing about is going to be the people I'm writing about. Like, you know, if I knew that my adversary was, like, an avid publisher and was, like, updating the public on what was going on with the court case or whatever, I'd want to make sure that I was reading that as often as possible, just in case. You know, it's going to be, like, obviously, the more you know about your opponent, the better the better armed you're going to be. So, when I found out that she didn't even know, despite the fact that I'd published it on my blog and was, like, celebrating about how I, you know, how this the statement stands, they've decided it's not frivolous and vexatious. So, first off, they decided it's not frivolous and vexatious. Secondly, they chose to give me favor to screw her over basically, (laughs) which is awesome uh, for me. Um, And they did it in a very diplomatic and fair way that didn't give me an unfair advantage, but it was, you know, and and that's what I'm excited about is because I think, I think they want to use this as an opportunity to show how good Canada's courts are every bit as much as I do. I think they're kind of maybe taking me, and when I say they, I'm just talking about like the courts, the government of Canada as a general body, not as, you know, I don't know who they really is, um, but you know, the people who are running the show and deciding that, you know what, uh, yeah, we're going to let them rock this time, um, I believe that what they want to do is, I know, again, this is going to sound like a little bit, I don't know, I always feel like it sounds a little bit arrogant, say stuff like this, but I feel almost as if if we put together the responses that I have from the offices of the government, the non-biased offices, I've always said that they've been very, very supportive, and now I'm getting the same kind of response from the court as a faceless entity. The court itself is like, no, (laughs) you're correct, and, you know, whatever. They're they're honoring my position, and so I was thinking about the last claim that was dismissed as frivolous and vex- vexatious, and how upset I was about it and disappointed and whatever. Well, I wasn't really. Um, I was like I really wasn't surprised because I kind of figured that's what they would do, but of course I was disappointed that I didn't get a chance to bring these arguments up in court, and uh, now just kind of like reflecting on how different the treatment is. And that's the other thing I was talking about today. Like, it really is 100% night and day difference between how I'm being treated. And that includes defense counsel. Like, from the very first meeting that Genevieve was telling me that she was going to try and move to have this dismissed as frivolous and vexatious, I told you, I could tell. She was not convincing. (laughs) You could tell she was like... just not believing that that was going to happen. And I've got a very, very strong sense that she had already warned her clients of that and that that's why they had asked her if I would consider removing their names if it doesn't go. Well, you don't get both. (laughs) You don't get both. And I did tell her that. I was like, well, that's kind of interesting. I said, so they're asking me to do this. You don't think it's going to go. You're not sure. She didn't tell me she doesn't think it's going to go. She was like, I'm not sure. But that, you know, of course you're never sure. But, uh, I'm pretty sure last time she was confident that it was. So, I don't know. Um, I think what they were doing, potentially, and I know it sounds weird, but I think they're trying to groom me a little bit for the court, if that makes any sense. I think they were basically trying to send a message to me, and, you know, this is just a p- hypothesis, But, you know, I've just been thinking about everything. And, uh, you know, they've never, ever given me crap for posting people on my blog. Judges, justices, whoever. You know, the Attorney General, Governor General. I put all kinds of people up. Um, You know, I've got a list of Canadian officials that God is officially displeased with. I think that's what it's called. Um, And there's a lot of people on there. Um, I'd say probably close to 20 Um, And some of them are organizations, some of them are actually people. And when I say organizations, I mean, you know, there's the Ottawa Police Service is on there, the Guelph Police Service, and the Toronto Police. So, you know, they've never... Like, the government doesn't really like bad publicity, especially of their, like, you know, higher-ups. And so, the fact that they've never, ever given me any grief about that, never even sent me a request to take it down... Never mind, you know, whatever. Um, That kind of speaks to me a little bit. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like... I feel like I'm being tested. There you go. That's what I guess I'm trying to say. Groomed and tested. Um, So I think they were like, you know what, let's... uh, you know, one, once they saw that, I'm like, okay, he's conforming with the rules now. He's filed a proper statement of claim. Um, so, let's see how he governs himself. And, you know, I think the fact that I'm advocating and and speaking so um, assertively about how wrong and unjust the things that are happening to me are, I think that's actually something... That they want me to do, I legitimately do. I think they want to try and expose, or I think they're giving me at least, and the courts I'm saying are giving me an opportunity to expose some of the corrupt people in government. You know, I, I legitimately think that that is the goal, and that they want me to expose some of the tricks that you know the city of Ottawa tries to play on self-rep litigants, and. Because there's no way, I'll tell you right now, there is no way she would be trying any of this stuff with a lawyer, because if a lawyer ever went back and found out that his filings were no longer filed, you know, I don't know what he would do, and that's exactly the point. And that's why she's trying to do it, because I don't know what a lawyer would do, and so she's trying to take advantage of the fact that I don't know what a lawyer would do, and so, you know, I can get away with it. Well, I don't know what a lawyer would do, but I know that it's illegal. (laughs) I know that it's unlawful. And I am going to complain about it, right? So uh, I published my uh, letter on my blog, which was uh, addressed to the Justice Council. And that's where you make complaints about um, fairness in court or at the registrar's office or whatever. So I filed a a complaint with them. I swear, that was not posted for more than five minutes. And I already had ten people reading it. Um, and, like, a bunch of different countries. Uh, So, and that's another reason that I know that people are watching. Like, you know... It's only really rare shit like that where all of a sudden there will be, like, ten different countries all over the world all looking at it in a a span of five minutes. Like, that's not a coincidence. These people are, like, communicating with each other somehow. Um, And, you know, I don't know if they've got, like, a friggin' alert you know, on my blog or something, like whenever I post something, of you know, or, or keywords or something. I don't know what it is. But there is something that definitely um, creates waves when I publish stuff. And, you know, my letter to the Justice Council, you know, its it, I just told the story that I told to you. It's no different. Um, but, you know, I am 100% sure that there's absolutely no no excuse for a filing that's been done with the registrar to be removed from your record without your knowledge. Never should happen. And I'm telling you right now, that's grounds for mistrial. Like, already I have plenty of grounds for mistrial and I knew that today walking around and when I considered that, I mean it's just like everything about this lawsuit is going in my favor despite the fact that that seemed yesterday like it wasn't. Well, th- th- <laughs> she's now committed fraud and perjury. Like, you know, um, <sighs> I like I feel like she should be disbarred for just being such a dishonorable individual in law, anyway. Um, but I doubt very much that the actions that she had done before this would ever constitute, you know, enough foul play to have her disbarred or whatever. She might get a warning or something, but I don't think so. Like, really, what they did, that's that's what they do, and that's all the consequences that there would be, is she might lose this case because she goes goes into default, and that's like your slap on the wrist. So, that's pretty much how I think the courts work. And the thing is, I'm also 100% confident, yeah, 100%, that Every instance of any altercation or change, anything at all, that changes on that court of record is going to have a key in entry for whatever registrar it is. They probably have to like log into their system every day or whatever, but they're going to 100% know of every change that was made. They're going to be able to track who it was that made the changes. They're going to be able to find out who pulled out that affidavit 100%. They're going to be able to find out who overturned the default judgment, or the default notice. And they're also going to find out that her affidavit of service um, is fraudulent, and that she's being held to a different standard than I am, because I know that she can't possibly have um, provided proof of her service, which is the reason they discounted my affidavit is even though it's all sworn and every you know, they said that they need proof of those emails that were sent to the other three. Well, she can't have proof of her email to me because it wouldn't coincide with the time that she filed, which was 1040. So she filed before she had um, any proof of delivery, and that's fraud again and perjury. So now I have that much more ammunition going into court and, you know... It's going to, like, remember when I was telling you that I had that dream about the shoes and I wanted to make a really good first impression? I think, you know, as much as, like, it sounds like it might be bad for the courts for me to be, like, pointing out all of these things that are happening, I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's how they see it. I think they see me as somebody who's, like, you know, judge-type serious about fairness. And... You know, I think they know that I'm absolutely not going to put up with it, and that I'm absolutely going to catch these people. And tricks that they might normally get away with 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 self-rep litigants, they're not going to get away with with me. And I think maybe they know that lawyers are going to try. And so this is like, I honestly think that they might have decided to kind of support this claim because they legitimately want me to expose the corruption in the system and hold people accountable and that you know the kind of <laughs> the kind of reputation that I'm establishing for myself right now is exactly the kind of reputation they they want to encourage and support and as long as I'm by the books and I'm you know following the rules properly and I'm Engaging in fair play, and always conducting myself in honor and expressing good, you know, statements of claim. I believe that they are going to be very, very accommodating to me when this does in fact go to trial or come before justice. Um, and then, yes, I was thinking about something else I wanted to talk to you about because uh, this is this is something that's relevant to this whole like sovereign movement thing. So. If the superior offices of the Canadian government have recognized my position as king, and that's on the record with the Attorney General, and the Registrar General, remember, this is the first time that I've been in court since the Registrar General sent me a letter addressed to King Sean, and now I'm in court, so I'm quite sure that they know. And it's like they're slightly grooming me and slightly testing me, but I think once, you know, I think there was probably this presumption that I am going to just be like, belligerent and have no respect and believe that I'm like above the authority of the justices and judges and whatever, and I am, <laughs> but um I'm never going to disrespect a judge or a justice. And I think they're beginning to understand that. And I think even more importantly, I think what they're understanding is that there's probably never going to be a justice that's going to disagree with anything I say. And that is the point, is if you want to, like, do this, you really have to hold yourself with super, super, super high moral standards, govern yourself with honor, and, you know, think like a judge. Um, <laughs> I in fact, uh, it was this podcast where I was, like, interrupted by a friend. This friend has come and visited me a few times now, um, in the last couple of months, and I've had some, like, deep conversations with a couple of her other friends, and, uh, it's funny. They now nickname me Judge, um, because they believe I should be a judge in a court. Um, and I just think that's kind of, like, funny and ironic, but it made me realize that that, you know, maybe that's what it is. Maybe I think more like a judge than I do a lawyer, and maybe that's the difference, because I'm, you know, I'm a real stickler for fairness. I don't believe that I should have any advantage over her either. Um, you know, even even if she is doing nasty things, you know, whatever. Um, and, okay, see? I, I knew that all of these things would come together. So that's the other thing I wanted to bring to your attention, is that everything she's doing is also a reflection of how terrified she is. Legitimately. And so, you know, at this point <laughs> I, I don't even know um, if the courts want this to go to trial rather than be in default because they want me to, like, just lay into these people in front of a judge and show a judge what kind of a man I am in a court of law. And You know, because all I'm going to do is state what happened. And there's no way that a judge is going to disagree that anything that has happened to me is unfair and wrong. So, you know, same thing with the inherent rights. So, I haven't really spoken about this yet, but I don't think a lot of people in Canadian law even know that the UN covenant is legally binding upon Canada I am sure that uh, all of the judges and justices in Canada's courts do though and so I think they probably find it very interesting that I'm bringing a case that's calling the superior court um, on its ability to exercise its inherent jurisdiction well, inherent jurisdiction means that when I go in there, um, I it, that court has the power to grant me relief of my inherent rights. So they're never going to express it in that language, but that, you know, I'm sure you've heard the expression, um, you need a, a court of inherent jurisdiction. Well, um, it's on the Justice of Canada website and it's under the section remedies. Um, And that's where it states that all superior courts in Ontario are of inherent jurisdiction. So when people say you need to go to the registrar and ask, like, I need a court of inherent jurisdiction. Well, (laughs) no, you don't. You just need to know that the courts that we have are of inherent jurisdiction. And that includes, like, the small claims court, too. So, um... Oh, sorry, no, it doesn't. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, it does, because uh, small claims is still superior. Um, but yeah, all superior courts in Ontario honour... Have the inherent... Um, are of inherent jurisdiction. That's how it's expressed. Um, and that affords them the ability to be able to change their jurisdiction um, as the, the situation warrants, if you will. So, in order to claim my inherent rights, uh, they have to be able to inherit a higher jurisdiction of law. So that's, you know, you're going to be going outside of Canadian law because, you know, international law is superior to federal law. So they will acknowledge that inherent jurisdiction, which means that everything I've told you, like, you know, any code, statute, or act that um, trespasses upon an inherent right, is of no force or effect, and I think that's how it's expressed on the Justice of Canada website, is of no force or effect. So, I think they might be very interested, because um, some of the other things that I've said that I wanted to talk about, that this lawsuit has taken me away from, um, you know, talking about an honest, uh, sovereign economy and how that would work... Um, what the duties and responsibilities of our elected officials are and what they're supposed to be doing and how great Canada would be if all of them were actually doing their job and honoring their position of office. Um, I think <laughs> that um, they want to see, first of all, how defense Council is going to respond to these arguments um, because they won't have an excuse. I know that, and and I think they know that too, and so they're just like, okay, let's, let's play this out and let's see what happens and let's see what she comes up with. And instead of actually trying to come up with arguments, she's trying to come up with excuses to not go. And I think that they would rather have her go. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. Because otherwise, I just get to have this conversation with a justice on my own. And I'll tell you right now, I think the justice is going to be very, very accommodating. But when they come to providing relief... For my inherent rights, keep in mind that I... You know, the very last paragraph is that, uh, you know, I've appealed to this court because I was without recourse and do not feel that I can safely enjoy my inherent rights in the city of Ottawa, the province of Ontario, or the country of Canada. <laughs> um, nothing I put in my claim is arbitrary. I... I did spend about six hours on it, so I changed like a little bit here and there, words to make sure. Um, And there are very specific things that I put in that. So the reason for that last paragraph is that um, one of the main duties of government and courts especially is uh, to make sure that the people are safe and that they feel safe and secure So when I say that I do not feel I can safely enjoy my inherent rights in in Canada, you know, and so I'm asking for relief for that, Um, they need to provide some kind of relief or remedy that allows for me to, you know, exercise my inherent rights without feeling threatened, that that I might be subject to uh, harm or, you know, whatever. So I think they're very curious to see As much as I am, um, what kind of remedies can be proposed. And I have a feeling that what might happen is if it's just me and the justice and I'm asking for that relief, I believe the justice may say to me, well, I'm not sure how we can provide that safety. Do you have any ideas? (laughs) Like, um, I don't know. I I mean, I'm just speculating. But I have a feeling that the justice is going to basically reflect it back to me and just say, well, what do you think needs to be done? Do you have any ideas? Um, You know, whatever. Um, And I have plenty, of course. Uh, But what I would say is... Well, Your Honor, um, realistically speaking, that you know, it's been four and a half years that these notices have been with the Attorney General and the Governor, you know, so clearly I'm not a vexatious person or I would be filing the eleven million dollar claim into the court against Sean Kearney and the Attorney General in Canada. Um, but my belief is that these individuals are You know, ignorant of their duties, maybe. I don't believe that it's willful harm that they're trying to do to me. I just believe that they are ignorant and maybe don't know and don't understand what these obligations are or how serious they are. And I don't really want to cause harm to anybody. I mean, I just want to enjoy my rights. So I think they feel that they're in serious legal trouble for not knowing how to do this. And so they just don't respond at all. And that leaves me with no choice but to either keep writing them letters, at which point I'm just going to be harassing them, or filing another claim into court against Canada, and, you know, bringing those people into court. And I don't want to have to do that. So, Your Honor, I think the best solution would be to compel Francois-Philippe Champagne, Marc Garneau, and uh, David Lametti. So... Just to clarify, who those individuals are in Canada's government? That's the Registrar General, the uh, Minister of Finance, and the uh, Minister of Justice. And I'm going to say, why don't you just put me in a room with those three individuals, and I will, you know, I'll explain to them exclusively what needs to be done. And uh, if they're still unable to do it, then perhaps we can have, you know, a mediation meeting or something like that, uh, where you know, not not for the purpose of punishment, but just where we can bring them into court and with your guidance and direction, we can, you know, issue some orders to them to get these things accomplished. You know, it really shouldn't be difficult to have a forensic audit performed, to get a full accounting of all the money that has been borrowed in my name, you know, provided to me so that I can, you know, honor Canada's creditors, pay my share of the debt back, and be free to dispose of my natural wealth. And, uh, you know, the other suggestions that I have are just that, well, you know, you connect me to the finance minister, and if you let the finance minister knows, you know, that I'm acting in my sovereign capacity and exercising my right of self-determination and to freely dispose of my natural wealth, if that's known to Canada's Minister of Finance, um then there's absolutely no reason that we shouldn't be able to make an announcement um, to the public either through the mainstream media or in the paper or whatever where you just announced everybody, all vendors, that yes, my thumbprint is legal and lawful tender and any vendors who, you know, present me with a bill are to send that bill directly to Canada's Minister of Finance and it will be discharged for value against Canada's debt. (laughs) Now, I don't think there's going to be a lot of people who can present those kind of reasonable um, remedies. And, I mean, he may think that that's unreasonable, I don't know, but that's literally how a sovereign economy works anyway. Um, So they may instead uh, propose, and and I would suggest this as well, if if that doesn't work, I would say, well then, you know, what I believe we need to do is we need to create a trust and, you know, any bills that I get just go straight through that trust and you know the bank sends all of those to the Minister of Finance and whatever like we just get it done through a different process in the banks but one way or the other um, it's really not that complicated and the second that it's absolutely established by a court that this is real and you know what these these rights need to be protected um, no joke I might actually be able to even ask for my own uh, personal security. (laughs) Uh, Because, you know, I might need it at that point. Um, You know, uh, people may not like the fact that, you know, if I'm awarded that right to to actually, uh, you know, oh, I do have that right, but I mean, if it's recognized, um, the right to dispose of my wealth, you know, with my thumbprint or whatever, uh, yeah, you can see how that's going to make me like a target and people might want to, like, whatever. (laughs) So... You know, really just having, like, one or two people, just just for the sake of intimidation. Uh, You know, um, if, you know, if I go into a restaurant and pay for something and they're like, no, 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 he's acting on Her Majesty's service, everything he does is paid for, you know, they're not going to argue with people that are, like, you know, representing the Crown, right, as long as they're officially represented and appointed to me, and it's clear that they are, you know, enforcing the law. (laughs) Um, So, you know, that's an option, too. I, I mean, I have no idea, but this is why I'm feeling very positive today, because um, in addition to just, like, reliving the excitement that I had when I found out it wasn't dismissed as frivolous and vexatious, I thought, wow, I've come a long way since then, because uh, now we know that the court kind of favored me in that, and we almost had them noted in default, we are now went up even more because now rather than having them noted in default we've got them for criminal actions as well um, and so this just like is snowballing for them because it's just making her clients look even worse because it their attitude is more or less being reflected by their attorney um, so it's almost like the attorney is is endorsing their negligence and This is an important thing to know. Um, One of the reasons that they will tell you never, ever to get a lawyer, well, (laughs) people in the sovereign movement, I mean, or the self-determination movement, as I like to call it, uh, the reason they'll tell you never to to hire a lawyer or an attorney is because, according to Corpus Juris Secundum, which is like the... uh, It's basically like the the, uh, encyclopedia of law, or whatever, I don't know, it's like the law bible of some kind. But anyway, um, it states very clearly the duties of the court and the duties of the lawyer or attorney to the court, and it states that the first duties of an officer of the court, or, you know, like a lawyer, um, or an attorney, is first to the court's and to the public and then to their client. If the former should ever conflict with the latter, then the former shall take precedence over the latter." (laughs) Okay? So, basically, courts are there to honor the courts and the public first, and then the individual. So. My duty is to make sure that when I'm in these courts, I am acting in such a way that everything I am doing is ingratiating the court system, the justice system, and the public as a whole. (laughs) And as long as I continue to represent those ideas, I'm telling you, I don't think they give a rat's ass. They don't care about the client. They care about the honor of the public and the honor of the courts and if I am just going in there and I'm like saying hey this is what the law says and this is what they're doing and this is what the law says and this is what they're doing and you know there is no excuse for them Um, I'm reasonably confident about that I don't think they can dispute anything in in my statement of defense that's partially why I'm like excited to see what they come up with Um, But, yeah, okay, this is getting long. (laughs) And, I don't know, maybe I'm just kind of going in circles and and saying the same thing over again, but can you tell I'm excited? Like, really. Um, And I think that's the reason that I wanted to do this show, because I don't really have anything new to tell you. Um, I've just kind of been, like, digesting all of these ideas over the last little while. And, you know, as crazy as some of these things that I'm talking about might sound today, I mean, realistically, try to put yourself in my shoes. Like, you know, um, as much as I encourage everybody to do this and to write their own story and create their own idea and make their own way in the world or whatever, it's a pretty friggin' out there thing to do. It really is. And it's not easy to be, you know, a trailblazer in a movement like this. And whether I'm considered one by my peers or not, I am, regardless, because... You know, I'm I'm traveling a path that others have not and there is no roadmap. Um, you know, I can't I can't look to anybody else for guidance because I can't I don't know anybody else that is doing this. And I think one of the reasons that they have so much problem with the right of self determination is because so many people that get into this movement have done so many ridiculous things that are just like not in honor. Um, Yes it is true that you have the right to defend your life with lethal force if, you know, if your life is in danger. But that doesn't mean that you have the right to shoot a police officer because they want to arrest you for something. Like, those are the kind of mentality that some people have had. There was a man who was in this movement a while ago from Britain and his name was John Harris. And uh, he became associated with what was called the Freeman on the Land movement, and he was a very, very, very well-articulated individual. Um, I don't know if he used to be a police officer, but if he's not or wasn't, I think he has a lot of friends in the force or whatever. But anyway, um, he taught a lot of really, really, really powerful truths, and he ended up committing suicide because people took the information that he was using and basically used it to abuse the law rather than uphold the law. And, you know, I think... Okay, so this is this is the uh, punchline of the entire thing, and then I'll call it a night, because um, this is really uh, the thesis, if you will, of today's podcast is that... Uh, I think, to some degree, over the last four and a half years, remember, that's how long it's been now, that the Governor General and uh, the Attorney General of Canada have known about my position and, and, like, given me recognition of that by way of mail. So they know, I know, that they've recognized it. And I believe what they've been doing in that time is basically trying to determine which of the two I am. You know, am I one of these people who just believes that I am above the law and I don't have to do this and I don't have to do that? and I believe that that is exactly how um, Ontario Works sees me. I believe that's exactly how housing services see me. They see me as like one of these free men on the land who thinks he's above the law and all of this stuff and yada yada yada. And I have never once ever suggested that I believe I'm above the law. Um, I have many times suggested that codes, statutes, and acts that trespass upon my rights are null and void, and I stand on that. But that's what I feel happened, or is happening, and I think we're getting to a point where the Canadian government has realized that I am legitimately all about honor and justice and fairness in the system, not just the court system, but I mean in in the world, right? That's why I want to see everybody get fed, and I want to see everybody in a house, and you know, I want to see everybody having equal access to health care and public services, you know? Um so that mentality carries all the way across the board and I have a feeling that there are people in Canada's government who are genuinely potentially again this is the hopeful part but you know what I'm a very positive minded individual and for a guy who has experienced a tremendous amount of resistance um from the courts in the past like what is happening to me right now is mind blowing mind blowing Because forget about, like, what defense is doing. (laughs) I don't care about that. Um, And that's why I don't care. Because I, like, I get a very, very strong vibe that the courts are on my side. And I think they want me to go in and start setting an example. And I have a feeling they might even start, like, helping to promote me um, after this thing is done. Um, I have a feeling it might be published or something afterward. uh, That there might be some kind of recognition um, when I win notice I didn't say if that's about training your brain for positive thinking people I do not entertain the idea of um, if only when um, time is time is the question not whether or not you can anyway, uh, I'm going to use that as my final, you know thought for this episode I'm going to come back and say goodnight in just a moment, but thank you so much for being here thank you so much for seeing me through this whole thing um, and uh you know, once <laughs> once I figure out what's going on on Monday, uh, I think I might get back to some of the other stuff, uh, you know, going back to the beginning and, and going over some of those documents and stuff. We kind of got sidetracked with this lawsuit. and uh, yeah, So we'll get back to that, you know, Letters Out Loud series and all that kind of stuff. I really do want to get back to that stuff, but this has just been so consuming for me over the last little bit that uh, it has. It's consumed all of my mind. Um, But I am feeling absolutely fantastic, and I am, like, I'm going to say 90% confident that if I don't receive anything by 5 o'clock tomorrow, with respect to a Statement of Defense, I don't care about the Notice of Intent to Defend. Um, What I'm waiting for is the actual Statement of Defense, which is the one that they have 30 days now, um, from the time it was filed to produce, so if I don't get that by 5 o'clock tomorrow... Um, I'm 90% sure that I'm not going to get one by the end of Sunday. Um, I don't think they're going to be working on it over the weekend. Um, If I don't get one tomorrow, I think that tells me that she believes she has until the end of Thursday, Thursday 5 o'clock, which gives me four days grace to go to the court and note her in default. And maybe that's the whole thing that I wanted to mention that I'm excited about, because this time I believe I will be able to note her in default without her even knowing. So you know, I think she might have, or I believe she has, until the Thursday, and if I note her in default on Monday, and I don't have any further communication with her before that, she's going to have no clue that she's going to get noted in default on Monday, and she's not going to find out until she tries to file on Thursday, and I'm just going to be like, oh no, you were noted in default on, uh, on, on, you know, on Monday, your time expired Sunday night, and she's just going to be done, 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 because it'll be way too late for her to try to mess with anything at that point so thank you all so much for being here uh have a good night i'll be back to say good night in just a moment <music> all right everyone so that's my show for today uh yeah i might have been a little bit long-winded but you know what i just wanted to get all that off my chest i wanted to tell you all the things that i'm excited about and looking forward to and uh But yeah, I don't know. Really excited to know that I only have like basically 24 more hours to survive. I'm like, I'm going to up it to 99%. I'm like 99% sure. If I don't get anything by the end of tomorrow, she's done. Um, And yeah. And then if she does, well, okay. Then we go to court and we get to talk about it and I get to humiliate them in front of the justice. So one way or the other, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be fabulous. Uh, Thanks so much for being here. Love you. Have a great night.